another MLEX podcast. I'm Manarego, Managing Editor for MLEX's London Bureau. Today we'll be looking at Brazil, white-collar crime and Petrobras, three words that have appeared side by side in hundreds of MLEX articles in the last few years. Joining me today, we have Rodrigo Russo in MLEX's office in Sao Paulo, Ben Lucas and Martin Call in London. Hi. Hello. Hi. So Brazilian prosecutors have kick-started a new phase in this long-running probe into Petrobras. Um, we could sit here all week discussing the ins and outs of, of this tale, but I really want to focus on this latest phase and and see what, what it really has brought to light. Um, we see lots of multinational companies have surfaced. Um, perhaps, Ben, you can take us through what this latest phase means. Sure. So the allegations are contained in a tranche of court documents filed uh, around the middle of August um, at a court in the city of Curitiba by federal prosecutors from the state of Paraná, which is the prosecutor that's leading the investigation into corruption um, surrounding Petrobras, which is known as Operation Lava Jato. Um, and now there's been a number of multinational companies that have been named in uh, the prosecutor's documents, including Greek shipping companies, uh, Zakos and Asian, uh, US asphalt trader, Sergeant Marine, Sea uh, Drill, which is a Norwegian offshore drilling company, and Anglo-Swiss miner um, Glencore through its wholly owned subsidiary, uh, which is called Ocean uh, Connect Marine. Now, without going into the details of each specific case, uh, the prosecutor's files say that basically these companies paid middlemen who in turn paid bribes to Petrobras officials um, for inside information to help um, them secure contracts for these companies. And in several cases, the middlemen got kickbacks from the agreements and money also went on to Brazilian lawmakers. Um, who controlled some of the appointments at Petrobras. Um, now, the prosecutor's allegations are based on documents and testimonies from former Petrobras officials, uh, including one um, called Paolo Roberto Costa. He gave a confession to prosecutors to secure a plea deal, uh, and in return, his 128-year jail sentence was suspended, uh, and he was released from prison. Uh, but they also got bank records from places such as Luxembourg and Switzerland to kind of uh, corroborate his story. Um, it should be made clear that these companies are named in the court documents and not directly accused. And, you know, Sergeant Marie has denied the allegations. Cedril said it's monitoring closely but hasn't heard from the authorities, which has been the case from one or two people um, also named in the case. Um, Glencore decl- declined to comment to us on the investigation but said it's committed to good business practices. Um, while Sakos and Asian, uh, we tried to get in contact with them but we haven't heard anything back from them. So, um, Rodrigo, perhaps you can shed some light on how this particular um, phase of the investigation fits in with the previous ones, and and what's this obsession with phases? Why are prosecutors dealing with this massive case in this way? All right, so um, we're talking here about two phases of this investigation. One is called borderless, and the second one is called slaughter. Slaughter refers only to Sergeant Marine. Why it happens in phases? Because federal prosecutors rely on investigations carried on by the federal police. Each new investigation means a new phase of Lava Jato is launched. And it usually comes with temporary arrests and downraid requests. So the federal police Lava Jato task force has been reduced this year. And that means that hundreds of documents and new evidence are now examined at a slower pace. Just to give you a comparison, there were 16 phases in 2016 and only 8 in 2017. How does it fit in the wider Petrobras probe? Well, 
The recent investigation examines the contract signed by officials of Petrobras supply area with international companies. And that's how it fits in the wider Lava Jato probe, because all of those contracts are related to Petrobras, the state-controlled oil company, um, Asian, Galbraith, Glencore, Sidrio, Sergeant Marine and Sarkos. All of them have obtained lucrative agreements with Petrobras through bribes paid in offshore accounts to a group of intermediaries, including Petrobras officials, high-level politicians, and businessmen, such as the Greek Honorary Council in Brazil. Many of these intermediaries have acted quite similarly in other contracts, since bribery payments to secure lucrative contracts with the company were defined as the rule of game by businessmen and Petrobras officials. The investigations that we're talking about into the foreign companies were, were announced last month and were based on information provided by officials who signed plea bargains, which were later confirmed by evidence obtained with the assistance of international authorities, such as Swiss and Luxembourg prosecutors' offices. So I, I, there's one point I've been meaning to clarify, and you might be the best, the best person to do this, is, and picking up on, on what Ben was saying, was that the companies were mentioned in these documents, so their their names have been bandied around, but actually they're not yet under investigation, they're, they haven't been indicted. What's the state of play, Rodrigo? Yeah, absolutely, Anna. This is the million-dollar question, I guess, for the companies. Well, in May, I had a conversation with a federal prosecutor, and he told us that indictments against roughly 20 foreign companies weren't offered yet because the Federal Prosecutor's Office decided that it didn't want to take all cases at once to the judicial system. They believed that this strategy would overload the federal court in Curitiba that deals with most of the Lava Jato lawsuits. Another factor is that uh, the anti-corruption law enabling legal action against companies in corruption cases is, is fairly recent, has only three years. So authorities are still on the early stages of using this tool. And for now, they have been opting for settlements with companies rather than filing civil lawsuits against them. Actually, the trouble for companies might arise if international anti-corruption authorities work in cooperation with the Brazilian prosecutors and then present charges in other jurisdictions. So arguably there's a bigger risk for these companies in Europe and in the United States where prosecutors might be more aggressive about taking action against company. Martin, um, you cover a lot of um, international bribery cases that end up in the UK. How do you see um, these companies' exposures here um, in the US? What, what's your feeling for them? Yeah, I mean, these investigations could trigger wider problems for the companies involved. Um, the UK and US bribery legislation... Um, has a reach that goes beyond home shores, um, which could potentially capture these companies if, if wrongdoing is found. Now, the UK and particularly the US authorities are likely to take a more aggressive approach to dealing with companies that have paid bribes than the Brazilian authorities. Now, this could lead to heavy fines or other punishments for the people involved. So, for the companies, it's that they now have to consider if they do find any wrongdoing, whether to report these issues to prosecutors, um, if they've found any uh, criminality in these um, particular jurisdictions. Now, this could see them given an, given an easier ride if pros prosecutors in the UK or US, for example, do decide um, to take action. Now, there's another good reason why it might be worth coming forward if problems are found. 
for companies, it's often easier to, to wrap these issues up in a global settlement with multiple prosecutors around the world rather than having to fight fires in jurisdictions um, around the globe. So We've seen a few of these examples recently. Exactly. So th this is the approach Rolls-Royce took with its um, £671 million settlement with US, UK and Brazilian prosecutors over its own wide-ranging corruption scandal. And why aren't we seeing uh, more of that um, in, in these Brazilian cases? I think probably it's too early for the for the companies to, to, to say, and maybe they are investigating these issues. And, you know, so often, you know, prosecutors take a while to, to, to make things public. We, we, we just don't know, Anna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's early days. And Rodrigo, what would be the risks for the companies uh, in, in trying to get these kind of settlements with the Brazilian authorities? Um, why aren't they rushing to, to, to do this? Well, uh, there is a lot of legal uncertainty for companies willing to settle with the authorities. And many lawyers are offering advice for the companies to carefully examine if they're willing to change a situation of uncertainty for another and this time involving authorities because companies when they settle they offer evidence to the authorities and so far nothing indicates that the authorities or other agencies further than those that they are signing the leniency agreement as the settlements are called here in Brazil Nothing guarantees that other agencies will not use the evidence provided by the companies against them. So you have a highly risky situation for for companies' management to, to, to take the decision to report their wrongdoing to Brazilian authorities. And unless they are part of global resolution or executives in Brazil are facing the risk of arrest, most companies remain silent and wait until prosecutors take legal action against them. I remember when the, the Petrobras probe first started, one of my sources told me in Brazil, and, and this is a quote, Anna, this story is crazy. And at the time, I don't think I had the imagination to dream up what it actually meant, what the ramifications. And, you know, here we are today, we have high-profile politicians and businessmen that um, have been targeted, and there's a lot of noise about Brazil tackling corruption. Um, or starting to. Martin, what is the international take on, on Brazil's performance on tackling white-collar crime? Well, it's unusual. I mean, we've, we've seen Brazil has taken action against companies and we, we've seen arrests and we've seen prosecutions and fines, etc. But I think globally there's a feeling that um, more could be done, really. Um, now, in December, um, MLEX learned that the OECD Working Group on Bribery sent a formal but private letter to the president of Brazil's upper house of parliament. Um, and, and they were basically expressing concerns about attempts in the country to water down its anti-corruption laws. Um, now, this is only a first step, and the working group is, if it doesn't see any action, it could um, follow up with a more public letter setting out its concerns. And if that fails to, ha fails to have the desired effect, then the group could then follow up by taking a more serious step of sending a high-level delegation to the country to speak to lawmakers to, 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 to try and pressure them to, um, to do more. Um, and similar delegations have been sent to Argentina and Japan following problems there. And they were effective in getting change? 
Well, Argentina's pushing through its um, legislation on corruption. It's having some issues there, but it's 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 pushing forward, and and Japan has has put in place some some changes. So it it can have the desired effect. And of course, um, Brazil has just appointed a new attorney general. Um, Rodrigo, do you think this this appointment will have an impact on the probes on new phases of the investigation? Well, for companies, I don't think that the situation will change a lot because the Attorney General's team deals mostly with the probes related to high-level politicians. So as most of the work of Lava Jato is concentrated in the state of Paraná, in Curitiba, the prosecutors, the federal prosecutors in Brazil have quite a lot of uh, independence to carry on with the probes regardless of what the Attorney General's team believe. So, yes, we can expect new phases, and uh, as most high-level politicians have already been implicated on this widespread scheme, uh, companies are the natural target of the possible new phases. And corruption, Lava Jato here in Brazil is like the civil society's darling. It's very hard to, to try to curb it without generating a lot of anger and reaction in the society. So a change in the Attorney General is not likely to, to change the way things have been going in the Lava Jato investigation. Rodrigo, Ben, Martin, thank you very much for joining me today. If you'd like to read more about the latest phase in the Petrobras investigation, you can read the team's stories by clicking on the links below. That's all from us in London and Sao Paulo today. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you very soon for another MX podcast.